cake cooks. Underestimated and still I made it. In the book of hard knocks, I'm highly educated. Nobody told me looked over, but still dedicated. Played in the league for 13, I ain't gotta be favorite. Two Super Bowls, Honolulu, I stood with the greatest. The thing is this, if never rich, I'm good with my neighbors. DB precision, television, ain't asked for no favors. Numbers don't lie, neither do pictures, just look in the papers. No backing down or turning back, part two of the movie. Never the biggest, but it takes more than two just to move me. Ain't gotta like what I'm saying, just respect it, it's honest. Run through opponents, watch the film, it's effective, I promise. Sit back and grab your popcorn, watch me go to work. And tackle all of these topics right here on Face First. Uh. I always want to stop it, like, before it ends, but then I kind of get into it. And Kev really gets rolling, and he's kind of talking about me. Well, he is talking about me specifically, and I never had a song. I'm actually in a song with Kevin, though. We have our own song. It's called I Ain't There Yet. I think we recorded it in, like, 2004. I was a much skinnier, fresher-faced, less gray-haired Ryan at the time. But my rap skills were really a hip, a hop, a hippie to the... So I don't think it's great. He loves it. It's his favorite song. Uh, We both have the lyrics tattooed in different places on uh, on our bodies, but I don't necessarily love to listen to it. I don't really like to listen to myself talk on TV either. So, I mean, that's totally besides the point. That's just what I thought as I was listening to the song. But why I'm here today is to talk about change and change in sports. And I was going to talk about change anyway coming into today but watching the all-star game the nba all-star game yesterday and just the weekend in general made me think about sometimes change could be good and it seems like people are open to change when things are bad you know we hated overtime rules so we in football so we've always tinkered with those things whether it be college or nfl i mean It wasn't until Donovan McNabb said he didn't even know a game could end in a tie that people started to say, okay, maybe we should do something different with these rules. Or or obviously, we're used to rules changing and comfortable with rules changing in football when it comes to player safety because now at least they have an excuse. And people still complain, oh, football used to be tougher or football was this and guys are getting fined or getting penalties for things that we aren't used to, which – Guys like me just consider ball, but also guys like me who are on NFLPA executive board understand that if we want these dudes to stay healthy and have an opportunity to live a good life after football, we have to protect them. And then you see the XFL, and now they have all of these different rules. You know, right away you can hear guys interview after throwing an interception or after scoring a touchdown and the coaches are mic'd up the entire time and you can talk to the quarterback until the play begins could you imagine Sean Payton being able to talk to Drew Brees until he snaps the freaking ball you think they'd ever get stopped or 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 a guy like Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid if those dudes got to come to the line and Eric Bieniemy could be like hey Pat we got a a cover three listen we're gonna check this to, you know, to, to we're going to check this to scissors route because we always know that the, the corner, he's going to lock in on number one and we'll never have anybody on number two. The flat guy never gets deep enough. Like, could you imagine him having that opportunity when he comes to the line? So all change ain't good, but some change is. And this just continues me with opportunities to talk about 
Kobe Bryant. And so any chance I get to do that, I will. But Kobe Bryant, obviously, a lot of this week, a lot of this weekend, a lot of this season in the NBA is being dedicated to him. So they changed the format of the All-Star game. And I was talking with Matt Moscona, Moscona before we start started, and he was like, well, the first the first quarter was still the same. In the first quarter, we saw people dunk the ball. Man, don't I don't talk like that, man. Come on. Okay. You're, well, you're doing me wrong by talking like that. Well, it's very similar. That, that, that's how it sounded to me when Matt was doing it. I don't have, like, this sultry um, doctor of love radio voice that Matthew has. Neither do I. And so, see, exactly. And so that's what I was talking about. So he comes in. But I was like, we want to see that. If they play the defense they played for the last 24 points for the first three quarters, we never get to see Chris Paul dunk, which he never does. So it was exciting to see that. And then we watch the game ramp up as it, gets, as it goes along. And then there's the community service part that the NBA hit a home run with. And I know that you can't hit home runs in the NBA. So I don't want people being like, well, Ryan, you don't hit home runs in basketball. I understand that. But now they got three-pointers that you can hit in the actual three-point contest. And then there's a four-point shot that you can make in the celebrity game. So shut up, right? Some rules don't matter. doesn't matter what I'm talking about. It's my freaking show. Told y'all last week, say what the hell I want, right? And so then it gets down to the end of the game, and we saw the Mamba mentality for everybody because those dudes wanted to to win. And... Team LeBron comes in. By the way, LeBron, the GM, has three wins as the GM, right? So when LeBron was at recess and he was obviously picking teams because if you, you're always the best guy, right, the best two guys get the piss to pick the teams, and it's obviously Giannis and LeBron. LeBron always wins. You know why? Because LeBron picks a team with no ego and no pride. He goes and gets the best players. I heard after he picked Kawhi, people were like, oh, LeBron would – he picked Kawhi. Michael Jordan would never pick Kawhi. Michael Jordan is also an awful GM. He just is. And I love Michael Jordan. Like we all know, Michael Jordan is the GOAT. But still, he's a terrible GM. LeBron would be a great team owner and GM because he goes out and picks team with no pride, no ego. He just wants to win. And so we get to the end of this game, and we got LeBron backing down Giannis hitting him with a shoulder, fading away, and Giannis jumping up to block the ball. We don't see that at All-Star Game. Freaking Kyle Lowry took two charges. He tried to take like four or five. Now, he also fouls Anthony Davis to put Anthony Davis on the line to win the game. But dudes was out there playing hard, man. And it got me thinking, like, why are people always so adverse to change? Change could sometimes be good. And now... This change is obviously for reasons that we don't necessarily love, right? You don't want things to change because one of the world's most intelligent humans, one of the world's greatest basketball players of all time, loses his life along with eight other people. Like, that's not the reason you want it to change. But these changes were good. I mean, this All-Star game was better than every regular season game I've cut on this year. And we did get the fun parts in the beginning. We got Giannis Duncan at the Lowry steals the ball and throws the ball over the rim for the alley over Anthony Davis. You get Chris Paul on the alley from Russell Westbrook, the great alley from, um, from Trey, 
from Trey Young to Rudy Gobert. And so we got to see all these things. We got to see the Joker hit the three, play the guitar, and slam it down. Like, we got to see all the cool stuff we want to see at the All-Star game, and then we got to watch them compete and play real basketball. And the other part of it was the MVP award is now the Kobe Bryant All-Star MVP award. And so people really wanted that. Now, the fun part about that was Kawhi won it, so we knew we weren't going to get a great post-game interview, right? We knew that he was going to be, hey, we just all wanted to come out. and <laughs> You know, but we got that. And so it started me thinking about football, right? Because football has ruined, it's ruined people having the willingness and the ability to change, right? Because it's our favorite sport. We love the sport. And so we don't want the sport to change when they started changing the rules about hitting, which I was a part of. I remember the first video they brought around and said, okay, this hit is legal. This hit is illegal now. I was on it like 10 times, right? Eight of the times, you couldn't do those things anymore. And then it was like two times you could do them. So when they come around to the Pittsburgh Steelers and they bring it up, it's like, hey, what 25 is doing, we probably shouldn't do anymore. And so that change was difficult to me, but I understood why it was happening. And I understood why I needed to do something differently. You know, you look at the XFL and they're bringing in, oh, you can go for three points, two points, one points, one point. I think that's too much. I like that the way it is. And so sometimes you need the cooler heads to prevail and say, okay, this is cool. This is fun. We can do that or we can't. But it's all in giving the fans something they enjoy, but also keeping the integrity of the game. The All-Star Game's a cool deal because, shoot, be honest, there's not really any integrity involved, right? They don't care that it's played by certain rules. They want it to be entertaining. But I believe if you add some of that into basketball, into football, into baseball in general, it makes it a better watch, right? It makes it more entertaining. And so now I look at football and I think about why people don't want to change. A lot of times you don't want to change because it's worked for you. Because the physicality of the game worked for you. When you're the Pittsburgh Steelers in 08, when you're the Pittsburgh Steelers in 05, and you got to smash people's faces and run through them, that junk worked. And you won. So if you're a fan, if you're a member of that organization, if you're a coach, if you're a player, you don't want those rules to change because those rules hinder what you do best. And so then... Go to the side of just the players in general. The game has been rigged, people. The game is rigged. The game is rigged so the owners that love their teams and have the most money can find ways to keep the players that help them win. That's why we have the franchise tag. Initially, the franchise tag was so you didn't lose great quarterbacks to other teams because they were willing to pay more money. That would be like if... Drew Brees hits the open market, which he's supposed to. Tom Brady hits the open market, but they hit it in their prime, right? It's the prime. Dak Prescott, if Dak Prescott got a chance to test the open market this year and see what another team would pay him, and so now he puts pressure on the Dallas Cowboys. So the league is rigged, so these things don't happen. And so that's why Tom Brady has played for two decades, and he's never been in this position. But boy, ain't he having a good time with it? posting thirst traps from, 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 from the tunnel, got everybody wondering, oh, man, what does this mean? Is he coming to Tennessee? Will he be a Charger? Will he be a Raider? Oh, my goodness, is he coming back to New England? And he has everybody in his comments really going at his head, like, 
oh my gosh, Tom, you're the greatest quarterback to ever live, which is true. He is no longer the best. Please come play for my team. Or New England saying, we can't live without you. Even though we have Bill, we want you. Now Robert Kraft has to scramble. Oh, we want him. Or he wants, he want, we want him to be on this team or we want him to retire. So you have all these things going on because Tom Brady gets to be free. But if you're a New England Patriots fan, you're scared of change, right? Because you ain't had change at that position. You haven't had change at the head coaching position. You don't want that. And then you can be the Chargers and you can be Phillip Rivers, who's played with the Chargers for over a decade and a half. And now they're telling him we have mutually agreed to part ways. That's not how it happens, people. This is not one of this. These are not relationships where everybody loves each other the exact same and will love each other the rest of their lives so they can sit down, have this conversation and figure out it's not best for the both of them. When you play for a team for that long, when your family's lived in a place for that long, you don't just leave because you feel like you're fed up. It's not what happens. Things start to go sour. Things start to go bad. And so that conversation isn't as easy as people try to make it out to be. And then you look at Eli Manning, right? He's a Manning. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame because he's a Manning. Ooh, I'm in Louisiana. I might want to go outside today. Let me explain that, right? Because he's a Manning, he got to be an entitled brat at the draft and say, you know what? I don't want to go to the AFC. I don't want to go to the Chargers. Find a way to get me to New York, right? See, when your last name's not Manning and your brother's not Peyton and your father's not Archie, you don't get to make those demands and not be called out on them for being an entitled brat. They accept those things, right? That's okay because you're a Manning. And it's no disrespect to the family. It's just the truth. And so now you do that and you win two Super Bowls and you have great runs over what turned out to be a average career for a good football player. And you go to the Hall of Fame. And that's okay. I'm not mad. I ain't going. Contrary to popular belief, I don't care. I was never good enough for that to be a thing. I'm never going to have to sit in that room and wait for this mammoth of a man to knock on my door and say I'm in the Hall of Fame because I wasn't that good. I was good enough to play 13 years and get to Pro Bowls and win a Super Bowl, but I wasn't that good, and that's okay. I'm comfortable in that. Eli Manning is. He will get in. I don't think he's a Hall of Fame player, but he will get in. But let's look at his last two years when Geno Smith – is about to replace him. There's an uproar. Oh my goodness, I can't believe this. You got rid of Eli. No, not Eli. We love him. He's the best. He's our savior. Everybody was mad, right? Because you know why y'all was mad? Because it was Gino. Because when Daniel Jones started balling in the preseason, wasn't nobody tripping in week three when he replaced him against Tampa and he goes down and wins the game. Oh, my goodness, Eli, you've been such a soldier here. You've been such a great player. We're glad you can be a leader from the bench. We really appreciate it, right? Because now the change was good. The change was a better change. You saw the future in the change. You knew that Eli was gone. And so now it made that change a little easier to handle. The change is a little easier to handle in L.A. now because now Philip isn't what he used to be. And so it's not that we are opposed to change. We're just opposed to changes that make us feel uncomfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable if Tom Brady is gone and it's Jared Stidham. Right? That's uncomfortable. 
that's not going to be a change you like. But man, somehow New England works some of this New England uh, magic. They deflate a couple of balls, set a couple of cameras up in the opposing team's press box and, and video their sideline in some kind of way they get to a tongue of Iloa because that's how it works for the New England Patriots, right? Then everybody's not so mad anymore. And now we believe in Robert Kraft and the organization again. We believe in Bill Belichick as a, a, a picker of, 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 of players, right? As an evaluator of prospects. And look, after next year, we're rolling again. Tom, it's been great. Two decades were nice. But we deal with this change in sports all the time. The players deal with this change constantly. You know, uh, I'm on Twitter probably too much because I'm flying around, I'm in hotels, and I'm looking at, like, young kids, high school kids, talk about getting gold jackets. You know, and, and you read tweets, and, and, and there's a player that has a good game or has a good season, and he's talking about a gold jacket. And then I saw another player who's coming up in this draft. He was speaking about, oh, one bad year, and now everybody doubts me. But see, that's what's wrong with the world, because if we do something good for one day, we want to be praised for that. If I come on and I lace a podcast and it's a great podcast, I want to hear, hey, RC, that podcast was dope. Right. The other day, somebody texted me. He's like, hey, man, the intro song to your podcast is amazing. I was like, oh, that's my homeboy, Kev. It's freaking excellent, is it? And you know what? If somebody else tells me that this week, I'm going to be excited again because we all like to hear good things about ourselves, right? But if I come on and I bomb one or if I do Sconey's show and it gets to the point that on After Further View, I have been on for four segments and I haven't talked about football and then people are like, bro, you didn't even talk about ball. Like that should probably hurt my feelings, but it honestly doesn't, right? But people probably won't like it. I'll be like, dang, maybe I should change the next time, right? Because you want people to like what, what you do. You want to be appreciated for the efforts that you put into anything. And so what I was trying to explain to this kid, though, because I, I, I posted, I, I retweeted it, and, and I quote tweeted it, which I probably shouldn't. I should mind my freaking business sometimes. And he was talking about the one bad season. I said, well, I said, let me tell you why people care, because in this business, one bad day can get everybody fired. And that's the real life that the players are dealing with, the coaches are dealing with. The change that nobody wants to accept on the outside of sports happens on the inside of sports every day. That's what it is. Owners and executives and, 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 commissioners, they're making decisions to change the game to make it fit what they want, to make it fit their vision, to make it fit their ideas, to make sure that they're comfortable. The reason why the NBA has won in certain instances is because they seem to be doing things to make their players comfortable. They seem to be listening to the players to make sure that they're putting out a product that people want to see. And that's what we have to view football as and baseball as and basketball and hockey. But also the players have to start to understand that. And once the players start to understand it, right? Because think about the, the, the burning jerseys in Cleveland when LeBron took his talents to South Beach. Think about how that changed who Cleveland was. How they went from a team that was a perennial title contender 
to a lottery team every year. But in that, you get Kyrie. Then LeBron goes over and he goes to the championship every year. He wins two and he comes back. And because of that, you have a number two. You have a Pippen. You have a star because LeBron left. Because of that change, that change made them a worse team, gave them an opportunity to draft a better player, and look what you have. It's not just LeBron that helps Cleveland win the championship. It's Kyrie being a number two that scores like a number one, making a game-winning shot, being strong where LeBron is not sometimes, that gets you that win. And then you know what? LeBron finishes his tenure there. He wants to go to L.A. And because of that change, right, because of that change, now L.A. has an opportunity to do something historic in the year that Kobe Bryant passes. It's because of that change, because of change that is uncomfortable, because of change that is uncomfortable, that brought Anthony Davis to L.A. because that's where LeBron and Clutch Sports wanted him to be. And the Pelicans get Zion Williamson. And he's injured, and then now he plays. And there's more excitement around this team because Zion Williamson is a part of it, but you had to lose AD. You had to go through that and get those other pieces, the Lonzo Balls and the Brandon Ingrams and all these other pieces to add with Drew Holiday to now at least be excited to watch this team take the court. Which when you had an Anthony Davis who didn't really want to play here anyway, that you you know save his minutes, wouldn't let him play in the fourth quarter, it was boring to see. And so now as we embark upon what is a new change in the NFL, which I think was signified by what? Patrick Mahomes wins the MVP last year. Patrick Mahomes gets to the AFC Championship. As Frank Clark so eloquently put it, leading up to the Super Bowl, if D4 does something that you're not supposed to do, which is line up offsides in a critical moment where you get an interception, he goes to two Super Bowls. And then this year, Lamar Jackson, now he's the MVP. And it's a game like we've never seen. And it's a change that we were reluctant to get to. Right? Do you, you remember the Bill Polians and the different GMs and the different experts saying, you know what, a guy that plays like Lamar Jackson can't have a team be successful in the NFL. And so now what does it turn to? Because he's had two failed opportunities in the playoffs, it's, oh, I told you it wouldn't work. Oh, so that means that Baker Mayfield can't play either, right? That means Josh Rosen for sure can't play. Josh Allen maybe saying, Sam Donald, he definitely can't play. Because now we're trying to find a reason why that change doesn't work in the playoffs when his contemporaries, his peers, has, haven't done half the things he've done. he's done. And the reason we've not seen them lose in the divisional round or we've not seen them lose hosting a playoff game because they ain't never played good enough to get one. Because that change was good. And John Harbaugh and the Baltimore Ravens accepted that change along with Greg, Greg Roman. And now that change has this team as one of the best teams, not only in the AFC, but in the NFL. It's the same type of change that went on in San Francisco, the same type of change that we saw in Kansas City, the same change that we had to see the Seattle Seahawks make as LOB got older, as Marshawn Lynch aged out. And now it's changed over to Russell Wilson. And now every year it's a guy we talk about in the MVP race. And so Tom Brady, he's aging out, right? Because age catches up, up, up to us all. He may be on a different team next year. He'll be gone. Eli Manning is retiring. Ben Roethlisberger is coming off of an elbow. Phillip Rivers will no longer be a, Chargers. Drew Bre a Charger. Drew Brees, we don't know what that's going to be. 
And so now we got to move on into all of this new stuff where these guys won't only be wearing different uniforms. They won't be wearing uniforms at all. The game changes over to the, the new breed, but we've done it before, people. We did it with Joe Montana. We did it with Brett Favre. We did it with Steve Young, Warren Moon. Like these guys went on and we figured it out. Because what we understand as players is that I think sometimes you forget as fans is you cheer just as hard for the next dude to wear 12 if he's just as good as the guy that wore it before him. If the team is succeeding in the same way. I'm from New Orleans. I live in Louisiana. I know for a fact people here can't see football without Drew Brees. But last I checked, and I could be wrong, I believe there's some Saints, some Saints fans in the studio with me. Everybody cheered this year, every game, when they went 5-0 and and Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback. I don't remember getting on my IG and seeing my niece and seeing my sister on a Sunday pouting because they won and Drew Brees wasn't there. Because guess what? The next dude that takes snaps for the Saints, y'all going to cheer for him too. Because the thing is, and I think we have to learn to accept it, that in many places in our life, we don't have to allow things to change. You know, you find a spouse or you find a partner and you say, you know what? Me and you, we in this thing till death do us part. We're going to share this last name. We're going to share this house. We're going to share these freaking kids and the responsibilities of raising them. And yo, ASS ain't going nowhere. Oh, you want a divorce? Cool. You live upstairs. I'm going to live downstairs. We're going to do the same damn thing we've been doing the last 20 years. Because we don't like that change. But we got to learn that sometimes it comes. And when it comes, we have to embrace it. When it comes, we have to find a way to make the new reality and the new normal okay. And the only way to do that, the best way to do that, is in our new reality, is in our new normal to excel, to give 100%. And that's what we saw the NBA do last night. And listen, it was a perfect storm for the NBA, right? The game goes back to Chicago. D-Wade retires. So you have an opportunity to celebrate him, one of Chicago's own sons. David Stern, one of the great commissioners in sports of all time, not just basketball. You have an opportunity to honor him. Kobe Bryant, Gianna Bryant, the other seven passengers that pass with them. You have an opportunity to honor them. You change the game to where it directly honors one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And you have two uber competitive captains that pick teams that want to win, that expect to win, and that are going to do anything to win this game. And so we got to see one of the best all-star games we've seen in forever. But isn't that the way every day should be? Isn't that the way everything should be? Every team should be? Every organization to, should be? Every league should be? Is that when things change, instead of pouting about them, instead of saying nothing will ever be the same, which it won't. Every day we wake up, it's not going to be the same. It's going to be different. That we are going to be the best we could be in our new normal, in our new reality. Things are about to change for real in helmets all across the NFL. 
It's going to start with the combine. It's going to go into free agency. It's going to go into the draft. And the same people that paint their faces certain colors, the same people that go out and don't wear shirts when it's zero degrees outside, you're going to do the same thing for the new dudes that wear those colors because that's the way it works. And that's the way change happens. What you aren't going to consider is the dude that used to wear that number. You're not going to consider the dude that used to wear that helmet and what he's dealing with day in and day out because he can no longer wear those colors that you still get to wear the same way you wore them every Sunday, every Monday, every Thursday when your team played. So rules will change. Players will change. But the game is still the game. And we have to accept that as people who participate in them. So outside, we have to accept that as well. Continue to love sports. Continue to love them the way that they are. And then when they change, find a way to love the new normal. I felt this. I wanted to bring this to you. And I'm just excited that there was a change that actually freaking worked. So kudos to Commissioner Silver. Kudos to LeBron James. Giannis, I'm not going to try to say your last name because I don't have to because it's my own podcast. I got something special coming up for y'all on Thursday. There's an old teammate of mine by the name of C.P. Clinton Portis who claims that the 2001 Miami Hurricanes had the best and greatest season of any team. I conceded that I thought they were the best collection of college football players, but I am 100% convinced that the Louisiana State University football Tigers had the greatest college football season of all time. They got all the hardware to prove it. They got all the combine invites to prove it. And eventually they have all, they'll have all the draft picks to prove it. So we'll be back with that on Sunday. This is face, I mean, on Thursday. I apologize. This is face first with Ryan Clark, DD Decision. I'll let y'all. Nobody told me, looked over, but still dedicated. Played in the league for 13, I ain't gotta be favored. Two Super Bowls, Honolulu, I stood with the greatest. The thing is this, if never rich, I'm good with my neighbors. DB Precision, television, they ain't ask for no favors. Numbers don't lie, neither do pictures, just look in the papers. No backing down or turning back, part two of the movie. Never the biggest, but it takes more than two just to move me. Ain't gotta like what I'm saying, just respect it, it's honest. Run through opponents, watch the film, it's effective, I promise. Sit back and grab your popcorn, watch me go to work. And tackle all of these topics right here on Face First. Uh.